Well, well, episode five. Here we are. Five episodes of gin-soaked ridiculousness. Yeah, and it's been great fun so far. Yep, we all thoroughly enjoyed it, and we'd just like to thank everybody who else who enjoyed it there. Yeah, we've had some lovely support, and we wanted to say a couple of thank yous this week. So thank you to Romish Raganathan, um, who retweeted us. He's a he's a very famous comedian, and he's very funny. He's a very funny man, and he's a lovely man, and he retweeted it, which uh, helped out a lot. Also, the Ginnasium. Yeah, on Twitter, um, who tweets about all things gin and collects all different types of gin. Um, we've had some lovely um, retweets and, and comments from, from, from them as well. So thank you for that. And Chris Ferguson Chris Ferguson, well. yes. Uh, I met him at Blythe uh, at the Punch Drunk Comedy Club. Uh, he was one of the punters and uh, he's been inspired by us to try some infusions. Yeah, so by our recipe section. Very so. much very much like to see uh, how those come out. Yeah, send us a sample, Chris. Yeah, send us a sample, yeah. Um, I'll meet you in town. We'll get something of you. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you to everybody involved. Yeah, but also thank you to everyone who's left us a, a nice review on Apple as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, We've I mean, had some lovely reviews. Yeah, so the, mo- if, the more reviews, the better. Yeah, if you like the show, um, you know, we'd really appreciate a review. Yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Because, I mean, this week, for example, what we're doing? We're doing gin and music this week. Gin and music. Yeah. The history of gin and music. Oh, oh my God. I can, I can hear you getting excited. And that yeah. is impossible because this is a recording. <laughs> Uh, what else are we doing? Um, we're going to do Gin of the Week this week. Gin of the Week. Where we taste, uh, well, we'll leave, we'll leave that as a surprise, what we're yes. going to taste. Yes. And we're also going to do a, in a departure from... Just tasting gin. Tasting gin, we've got a gin-related perfume that we're going to try this week. Yes. So, looking forward to trying that. Now, did it make me smell beautiful or... Like a toilet. Like an absolute sweaty toilet. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay, well, let's crack on and we'll discover the answers to all of these questions and more. Let us focus deeper within the history of gin. Let's. What shall we use to do such a thing? Why don't we use music this week, Matthew? <laughs> I bet they all thought we'd like hadn't really worked out what we're going to use there, but we, we it's really just did. Spontaneous. It was just a bit of backwards and forth. Yeah. We knew what we were going to do. It's all about music. Yeah. So, music and gin. What a heady mix. Yeah, because so far we've looked at the history of gin through... A lot of gin facts. Gin facts. Gin facts. But this time we're going to look through the lens of music, which will tell us some new and interesting things about this lovely drink. Before we start, should we talk about what we're drinking today? Yes. Ill-advisedly, after episode three, we're having another gin. We're going to go lightly on it today. Yes, we're not going to go cray-cray. No, so we've, we've gone for, for a Bombay Sapphire today. Bombay Sapphire, a tasty bomb. Bit of ice, but today it's all about the tonic, isn't the tonic. it? We have chosen Thomas Henry... Cherry Blossom Tonic. Now, I cannot recommend this enough. Now, I don't know if any of our southern listeners might have got this, but up north we used to get the Pop Man. Yeah, we used to get the Pop Man, yeah, yeah in Cumbria. Yeah, yeah, in Cumbria, yeah. And uh, he used to pop, pop round. I don't know why I did that noise. He used to come round and there'd be, it would be uh, the options of uh, Limeade. Pa- Panda Shandy, we Panda used Shandy, to get. Dandelion and Burdock, yeah. which I have been drinking today as well. Uh, incidentally, I want to make a Dandelion and Burdock gin. I need the ingredients, so if anyone knows where I can get burdock root and dandelion root, I would very much like to know. But also, the cherry blossom tonic, it tastes just like the cherry I used to get from the pot one. And cheers! Cheers! And cheers to everyone at home. Drink along. 
So, music. Today we're going to look at music mainly in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Probably from, from the 1920s onwards. The Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties. And during the 1920s, Jin was it was enjoying a certain cool popularity with writers and artists. It was underground. In the US, it was the subject of prohibition. In Europe, it was legal. Naughty drink. But on both sides of the Atlantic, it was alive and well, both uh, in our glasses, in our bars, and in our music. And particularly in America, jazz and gin had a very close bond with one another. So the uh, American gangsters who were bootlegging booze were also very hung up on jazz, going to jazz bars, sipping their illicit liquor. Yeah, supplying the illicit liquor. And supplying the illicit liquor. Butchering people that didn't let them do that. Yes. Oh, such a cool bunch of cats. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's one musician named Big Spiderbecker, which is Bloody great name. I'm going to call him Triple B. Sounds cooler. Big B, yeah. He encapsulates the mythology perfectly. And there's a really nice example. And this isn't a reference in his music, but it's a, it's a bit of a fable about his gin-drinking antics. So one afternoon he rocked up at Gennett Studios in, uh, in Richmond, Indiana to record his album. And during the course of the session, him and his band, or probably mainly him, uh, consumed three quarts of gin. Three quarts. What yeah. would that? What would that be? So a quart is a quarter of a gallon. So a couple of pints of gin. So three quarts, six pints of six gin. Six pints of gin. Yeah. Well, it's basically three, three or four bottles in it. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it rendered the album pretty much unusable. I think they got a couple of sides of usable music from it, but but the rest of it just had to be thrown away. So basically, our episode three. That was our episode three. Our episode three. Hours of unusable footage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he died of alcoholism in the end. Oh, um, we had to bring a downer into the whole gin sorry. party there. Yeah, like. sorry about that. How old was he? I think he was 28. My gosh. Yeah. That's three quarts for you. <laughs> if he'd had that fourth quart, yeah. he might have made the 27 club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so jazz and, and gin very much intertwined, but also blues singers of the 1920s really took to gin as well. The blues being centred around hardship and suffering and, and... Do you suppose that that's where the, the whole uh, mythology behind uh, gin making you sad comes from? I, I think it does because, I mean, let's face it, there's absolutely no scientific basis for... Apart from the alcohol theory. being a depressant. So. Yeah, but... But, but you, could, you could basically have the same mythos behind whiskey, vodka or, uh, or rum or brandy. Making you sad. Making you sad. Yeah. Because it's a depressant. But like gin, there's nothing specific in gin that makes you upset. No. I mean, if you think about gin and vodka, apart from the botanicals that they use and the juniper, they're, they're exactly the same thing. They're not. Gin's better. All right. Gin's better. By a million squillion miles. <laughs> yeah. But there's no scientific basis for the fact that gin would make you sad and vodka wouldn't. No. Uh, vodka but, makes us sad because it's rubbish. Because it's rubbish. Yeah. But in So yeah, I think the certainly the blues and... Possibly the earlier history of gin as well, with the you know the poverty and it being linked with social decline and that kind of yeah, thing. That's probably where it comes. Like I said, one of my favorite comics in the world is Dylan Moran, and his description oh, of great. his description of gin was one of my favorite lines of of anybody's that's ever done. Where he goes, "Gin's not a drink; it's a mascara thinner." That's just that's brilliant. Beautiful. That's absolutely brilliant. I think that'd be a great name for a gin brand. The mascara thinner. The mascara thinner. Yeah. So. There's, there are some lovely examples of gin and the blues from the 1920s. Sadly, none of them from pre-1923, yeah, which, which is, is the copyright cut-off. Yeah, we really wanted to play a whole host of songs from back in the day, but 
turns out 95 years you hold a copyright for that you're not allowed to say things. The one we wanted specifically was Gin House Blues yeah. by Bessie Smith, who's got a gorgeous voice. But we are three years off copyright. <laughs> yeah, Bessie Smith, she was yeah, she was a, um, a blues singer who lived in the southern states of America. Frozen Yorkshire puddings. For, yeah, yeah, classic, and Bessie's Yorkshire yeah. puddings with gravy. Honeyed um, parsnips, for example. <laughs> yeah. And then she met quite a sad end. She was run, She had a car accident. And What year was this? This was in, I think she died in the late 1920s, um, very, very young. Um, she had a car accident and she'd gotten out of the car slightly injured. I think she'd broken her arm. And while she was kind of recovering at the side of the road, another car came along and, and ran her over. Oof. So, Oof. absolutely terrible luck. Uh, I yes. mean, how many cars were around? And, up, and at the speed, the must go. Was the hit yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the the really sad thing about it was that um, because she was black, um, and obviously America was in this deep South America, deep South uh, America, horrible, uh, uh, you know, segregation around the time. So um, I think she she wouldn't have received the help she should the the, the, the adequate care, um, and sadly she died. But absolutely beautiful singer, and this song Gin House Blues. Uh, I'll give you some of the lyrics. My man keeps me crying all night. I'm going to the gin house, sit there by myself. I mean to drown my sorrows by sweet somebody else. So, obviously, yeah, sorrow, hardship. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't need him. You don't need that man. No, no Bessie, you're doing fine on your own pet. Yeah. Certainly um, don't get in the car with him. <laughs> no. Um, and she also recorded a different song of the same name, so Gin House Blues, a few years later, in which she gives us some good old fighting talk. So this song was a bit more upbeat, and she's singing, Don't try me, nobody, because you'll never win. I'll fight the army and navy, somebody gives me my gin. Christ, she, yeah. was, she really wanted that gin, didn't she? Yeah, well, we've, we've, all, had, we've all got a bit fighty, yeah, time well, to time, bit, on the bit, gin. A little bit shouty. You and whose army? The... Army. The army. Yeah, she was willing to take the army and down. the navy. Yeah, and the navy. <laughs> Air force. Not so sure. <laughs> yeah, you you go, Bessie. Um, but there's a more famous version of this second song uh, in 1961, which was recorded by Nina Simone. Beautiful, and amazing. Absolutely singer. gorgeous. I mean, that woman's voice. Oh, cinema. There's one. Pretty much uh, torn perfect on that. If you want to check. Yeah. We didn't need a copyright in that. Now, I know you might have thought that was her, but it wasn't. It was me. Crisp and beautiful. So, this Nina Simone version of Gin House Blues was recorded, like I say, in 1961. And although there were four decades between the original recording and Nina Simone's version, in these intervening decades in American blues music, it's absolutely littered with gin references. So, you've got Gin Bottle Blues by Lightning Hopkins... Another great song in which he's, he swears to give up the, the demon drink... And he just wants a nice cup of tea. Don't, don't <laughs> believe him. Nah. But yeah, another one, gin, uh, Good Gin Blues by Booker White. It's a Booker real, White. Yeah, yeah, it's a real stomp as well. It's great. And his, uh, that, that's a song about um, his woman's left him and he immediately cracks open a gin bottle. His woman leaves him. Sounds a bit needy, doesn't he? Yeah, she's probably just nipped out. Uh, it's got a guy. See, I'm just just sitting down the shop. My baby don't lift me. You're like, <laughs> better have a gin. Anna, settle, settle down, but she's coming back. She's been gone for an hour. The shop's quite far away. Yeah, but just in case she doesn't come back, I better have a gin. <laughs> God. 
Yeah. Moody. <laughs> yeah. But with all these wonderful American references to gin, I hear you ask Matthew... Oh, why? Why? What, what am I asking? What was happening in Britain? What was happening in Britain? I mean, this was our national spirit. Surely there's a vat load of gin references in 20th century music, Lords. right? No. No? No. Very little, which made researching this episode quite yes, a challenge. Yes, it did. This episode, you've gone... I mean, Man. yeah, shouted at us in the car to research these things. Yeah. And I... God, I googled like the best of you them. You googled and googled. I googled till me Google nearly broke. <laughs> Your Google finger was white. Vibration yeah. <laughs> Google finger. <laughs> but yeah, very few references to gin in, in British music. Certainly post-1940s, really. I mean, there's, there's a good reference in Words and Music by Noel Coward, which was, I think, recorded in 1933. And, and gin was certainly going strong here. So the lyrics go, the gin is lasting out. No matter whose, we're casting out the blues. For gin in cruel sober truth supplies the fuel for flaming youth. Burning children. Yeah, that, that could be it. Or it could just be that gin's still really cool. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, in history. I hope so. The other one's much more sinister. Yeah, the, most, the other one's a bit darker. But yeah, so certainly people were still drinking gin and it was still cropping up in popular culture in the 1930s but as world war ii approached gin gin's presence in popular culture certainly began to wane quite significantly i suppose there's all this stuff on the mind war war yeah the annihilation of anyone that wasn't a nazi yeah and rationing was a factor yes obviously two squares of chocolate a child you're not going to get blitzed on that are you yeah 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 <laughs> sorry Good one. Classic read. Classic read. So was Britain then swapping its purple passport for a green card? <laughs> In fact, it was probably a blue passport back then, yeah. actually. Never was blue, was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? Used, used to, be to be blue, blue before Britain joined the European Union. And on that note, there's an interesting clue. Oh. <laughs> I'm never going to say on that note again. <laughs> yeah, there, there is an interesting clue in the music of Britain's favourite banjo-bashing wartime musician... George Formby. I was going to say, like, you look there, like there, was, there was more than one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, more yeah. than one banjo basher. Well, I'm sure everyone had a, bit, had a bash on a banjo, but I, <laughs> I've got no time for George Formby. Sinister and a little bit sleazy. If you know differently, that's fine. No, I mean, come on, little stick of Blackpool rock. Little stick of Blackpool rock. Are you talking about your penis, George? No, why would you say such a thing? Look at my flaccid Blackpool rock. Come on now, George. I think we're all aware of what you're talking about. Oh, don't know what you mean, cheeky. It was thinly veiled. Oh, yeah. Window. It, oh. it really was. I, found it, I just found it a little bit creepy. In a time where if you were a woman, you weren't allowed, uh, weren't allowed to flash an ankle, more or less. He's thinly veiling a, a song about his genitals. Yeah, and so this this um, this example that we found uh, that's this is from I think it's about 1945. And speaking of innuendo, Matthew, I'm going to really need you to exercise some self restraint here when I mention this song. Why? So the song's called "Our Fanny's Gone All Yankee." Oh come on! Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a horrible condition. <laughs> How are you doing today? Well, 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 Doc. I think you'll have a look. I think you'll find it's all gone a bit Yankee down there. <laughs> yeah, but in this song, he sings about a woman from Wigan who's desperately trying to act all American, mm -hmm. um, and he says, "Woodbines she used to smoke. Now she thinks that they're a joke. 
With a camel in her mouth, she's very swanky. She drinks whiskey, gin and rum, and she's always chewing gum, because our fanny's gone all Yankee. <laughs> he was Hold a, it in, Reid. Hold it in. <laughs> he was an odd bloke, wasn't he? He was an odd bloke, yeah. So, like, so the suggestion that drinking rum and gin and... Was it brandy? Uh, brandy and, and smoking camels yeah. and chewing gum. Oh, that's American. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really interesting that, that, that this symbol of Britishness has suddenly become a symbol for mm-hmm. Americanness. Yeah, yeah. And then as the swinging sixties approached, Jim's decline really continued. And um, so, you know, obviously youth culture was undergoing possibly the biggest revolution in well in, in decades, certainly. Mm. Uh, you know, kids didn't want to emulate their parents in terms of politics or culture or fashion. You're not the boss of me. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a mini skirt, you know. The mothers of would have been wearing like crinoline and and, and uh oven gloves. Pleated. Yeah, yeah. Balaclavas to bed, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so this fusty old, you know, colonial British spirit was sort of dying out. So I spoke to a historian about this called Ian Gately. He's written a book, he's written on the history of alcohol, he's written on the history of tobacco. I've ordered his book Drink. It's about all about the history of alcohol and uh, so I'm really interested to read that. So I, I got in touch with him to see if he could help me figure out whether there were any other factors causing gin's demise and literally a lack of gin references in British music. He highlighted the fact that in the 1960s, we, we were still living in the shadow of World War II, so rationing was still affecting the spirit market. He also highlighted the fact that there was little choice available uh, in terms of gin brands. Mm. So 6,000 nowadays. I mean, nowadays there's, there's hundreds and hundreds, but back then it was it was Gordon's or, or nothing, really. And um, So if the Gordon's brand didn't appeal to you, then gin didn't appeal to yeah. you. He quoted an advert... Uh, the tagline was, it's got to be Gordon's, <laughs> because it literally had uh, to be Gordon's. <laughs> you want this or not? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were advertising, but did they really need to? It's, uh, like, uh, it's like, why not try oxygen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, lack of consumer choice, but also there was a new kid on the block. Whoa, whoa, Music. Was that new kids on the block it by was. any chance? Yeah. tough. But yeah, there was a new kid on the block, and um, I'm sorry to say this, Matthew, but that new kid was vodka. Oh, you said it. Mm. So it really started to emerge as a um, the drink boring. of the youth in the 1960s. God, the youth of the 60s notoriously boring. <laughs> who's ever heard? Who's ever heard of the youth of the 60s? Yeah, it's like what do they call the swinging 60s or Aye. something? But yeah, so as Olivia Williams points out in her book, Gin Glorious Gin. Vodka was a bit of a blank canvas, certainly from a cultural point of view. So they, yeah, blank as in flavourless and... Well, yeah, tr- true in terms of flavour as well. You know, you could mix it with Coke, you could mix it with lemonade, you could mix it with juice. Um, mix it with boredom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, you could make any drink alcoholic. Yeah, any, any pop. Um, without like affecting the flavour. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also a blank canvas from kind of a cultural point of view as well. It didn't have the, the same baggage that gin had historically. Mm-hmm. So that started replacing gin really as the, the, the spirit of choice for young people. And for these reasons, as far as British music goes, well, as I say, we draw a bit of a blank in this era. But over in the States, gin did stay alive throughout the 20th century. And it stayed alive sort of post-60s, post-70s in music, but... 
modern jazz and blues really so music that harked back to the heyday of gin uh, and, and of the prohibition era so mm-hmm. gin, gin so boy by tom waits is a really good example it it, it, it tells the tale of a, a whiskey drinking man whose wife's gone off and left him for a gin fiend of course she did because he was brilliantly more interesting and cooler yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the lyrics go i come home last night full of a fifth of old crow you said you're going to your Mars, but where the hell did you go? You went and slipped out nights. You didn't think that I'd know with some gin-soaked boy that you don't know. Uh-huh. So, you know, and it's got this classic blues riff on the electric guitar and Tom Waits growling into the microphone. So it was released in 1983 on his album Swordfish Trombones. Swordfish Trombones it's is a great a r- album. Ridiculous no, album I, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan, I have to say. No, it's a fantastic uh Fantastic sound, he's a good singer, but yeah. it's just a silly name for him. Yeah, but he liked a bit of that surreal. He, did, he liked to have a touch of surreal. Swordfish trombones. What next? Marlin violins. <laughs> so yeah, it was released in 1983, but... Hurring drum kit. <laughs> Flashed to five hours later. <laughs> much, much <laughs> Squid <like> triangle. <laughs> Squid triangle's a great name. That is a great name. <laughs> Could sound like a bit of a euphemism. It's going triangle. Oh, yeah. that's your mind. Who are you, George Formby? <laughs> um, but yeah, so although it was released in 1983, you could be listening to something that was recorded in 1949, you know. It was very reminiscent of, of, a, of a... Bygone era. Bygone era. So, and then there's, a, there's another example. You and me and the bottle make three tonight by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Mm. I don't think it was christened that, was he? I don't think so, no. no, no. no. Uh, that was released in 1998, but it's very jazzy. Again, you could be listening to something that was recorded in the 20s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, it's very New Orleans. Yeah, very yeah, it, yeah. southern jazz. So he says, hey Jack, I know what you're thinking. That now's as good as any to start drinking. Hey Scotty, yeah, what's it going to be? A gin and tonic, that sounds mighty good to me. So... Could we sort of conclude then that between 1960 and, you know, Gin's resurgence around the year 2000, that it was kept alive in music that really reconjured the spirit of the uh, Prohibition era? More or less, that seems to be the only references. Wow. Oh, here she comes. We're forgetting something big here. Curveball. We're forgetting something really important here. What are we forgetting? Uh, hip-hop of the early 1990s. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, so in 1993, Snoop Dogg released Doggy Style. Ah, album. of course he did. Because, uh, I mean, like, like I used to hang out with Brit Poppers and rock and metal. So I didn't really know much about rap, but even I knew about yeah. Doggy Style. And yeah. I liked it. And I liked it. It was, it was good. It's a great album. I mean, you know, before NWA and Snoop Dogg came along, it was a lot more sort of formulaic and... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, and then we'll use that for everything. Yeah, and then this new West Coast Californian vibe of hip hop came along. So the G funk genre of of, G funk. What does that mean? uh, It's it's short for uh, gangster funk. Because it sounds an awful lot like someone trying to get out of swearing. You know, like in (laughs) do you know like in Father Ted where they go feck. Yeah. I say so I'm coming with gafunk going on here. <laughs> what the gafunk? What the gafunk? <laughs> I'm gonna use that. You know, gafunk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, G funk was you know used kind of uh, obviously funk samples. It had heavy bass, hard hitting lyrics. 
hustling to make money and clashing with the police, drinking, um, hanging out in the urban neighbourhoods of Greater Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Snoop and Dr. Dre and their kind of peers really brought Gin a new lease of life in music. So Gin and Juice was obviously the, the classic yeah. and that was that was recorded by Snoop, produced by Dr. Dre. Of course he just played with Gin News last week, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we mentioned Genius Genius last, week. last week. Incidentally, I really enjoyed hearing you try and say in your Sunderland accent, was it the the Bottle Rocket Napa Music Festival? Bottle Rocket Napa Music Festival. Bottle Rocket Napa Music Festival. <laughs> oh, what was hell. that? Was that Welsh? I'm sorry. That was so bad. <laughs> the Bottle Rocket Music Festival. <laughs> bottle Bottle Rocket, Rocket Na- Napa Music Festival. That's better. <laughs> Christ, your accent just absolutely shattered into a million parts there. Started off all right. <laughs> Brought me lots of entertainment. Yes. But yeah, so Gin and Juice, 1993. So rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on Gin and Juice, laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Uh, and it, it wasn't just Snoop talking about gin. So Dr. Dre had talked of puffing on blunts and drinking Tanqueray. Such drug heads. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that was in his 1992 single of that same name and, and then in 1995 we had dj quick paying homage to tanqueray with the lyrics tanqueray i'll have you feeling so fine little green bottle got you out of your mind little green he's a rap star should be able to afford the big liter bottles <laughs> so tight should have been able to afford uh three quarts yeah three quarts of tank yeah and then uh later on with khalifa he incorporates his favourite brand, which is Bombay Sapphire, which we're drinking now. Yes. Uh, into his lyrics on ONIFC, saying, uh, drinking Bombay, so I'm slizzard. Which I is a myself. great way of saying drunk. Yeah. But yeah, so it was weird that, you know, that hip-hop artists at the time had really taken gin on. It was unusual considering where, where, where people backed off from it because it was uncool and a fuddy-duddy's drink. It's like they're all into lavender draw liners or something. Yeah, all of a sudden. it is. It's, it's interesting. And I, I, <laughs> I contacted a guy called Michael Holman, who is a, a hip-hop historian. And I said to him, look, this is a bit of a mystery to me. I can't really work out why hip-hop artists really took to gin in the early 90s. He got back to me immediately. Well, that's good. Bless lad. him. He said, I've got no idea. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that's us, that's us filled in then. Yeah. But what I did find was an interview with Snoop Dogg in Hip Hop DX. And this is what he says about gin. Uh, he says, gin is upper echelon. I do believe it's a step up. You just don't find, and no disrespect, regular winos just drinking Tanqueray. That goes back to the days when I used to go to the liquor store and they'd be out standing there and be like, give me a few dollars, little man. Give me something to drink. And I'd get them something to drink and they'd get that mad dog, Dub Dub, or that Ripple, or that Night Train, or that Thunderbird. Night Train sounds brutal. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we used to drink Mad Dog. I wonder if he means Mad Dog 2020. Um... So, you know, it wasn't what, you know, what the lads in the local park would be sitting drinking. It was something that was a bit more, a bit more quality. And, you know, it links in with an important element of hip-hop, that kind of displays of wealth, because, you know, subversive as hip-hop is, you, you know, you'll find hip-hop lyrics littered with references to, you know, fancy cars, drinks and clothing brands. So it's almost that status symbol mm. aspect to it. Yeah, so my dog 2020... Yeah, what, have you just been looking that I up? I just looked that up and it is, it's a Mad Dog 2020. 
Wow, so in Long Beach. The original ready-to-drink grape wine made with juicy, luscious fruits. Juicy, oh. luscious fruits. Should have been the sweepings of yeah. the orchard floor. Oh, it wouldn't even be an orchard. It would be some kind of synthetic yeah. flavour oh. factory. Um, but that's that's really interesting. So what what, what I was drinking on the, the council estate of West Cumbria... Yeah, the winos in America... In, in Long Beach, Los Angeles. Sno- that's what Snoop Dogg was buying wine Yeah, yeah. So we have American music and, and particularly music with its roots in African-American yeah, yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's to it. thank yeah. for keeping gin alive King for the gin, decades yeah. in which it died in was Britain. Was it for jazz, blues and hip-hop, I wouldn't be sitting here sampling a delicious... Bombay Sapphire with a cherry blossom tonic. I'm no. pretty sure that's not what hip hop started out at. I can't really see Dre supping on a cherry blossom tonic. Well, you you can't, know. Only reason you can't see it is because we're not allowed in the same clubs as them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, since Gin's resurgence in uh, you know at the beginning of the 21st century, music's just absolutely littered with gin references. For example, well, one of my favourite examples is Gin Soaked Boy by. Divine Comedy. It's a, oh, it's a gorgeous song, Love that isn't tune. it? It's a great tune. And that was recorded in 1999, which coincidentally, perhaps, was the year in which Hendrix was launched. And we talked last week about the fact that Hendrix was really the the comeback brand. It was it was the brand that got us drinking gin in the UK again, and it made gin drinking cool again mm-hmm. in the UK. So it's interesting that this you know that this song was released in, in the same year, and it's um. I'll give you a, a sample of the lyrics. So, I'm the darkness in the light, I'm the leftness in the right, I'm the rightness in the wrong, I'm the shortness in the long, I'm the goodness in the bad, I'm the saneness in the mad, I'm the sadness in the joy, I'm the gin in the gin-soaked boy. And so he was asked what this meant, you know, because he's got it's got all these references to things that are both, you know, dark and delightful and mm. cool. And and then after um, every verse, the last line is, is I'm, the, I'm the gin and the gin soaked boy. And he was asked what it meant. And he, um, you know, he replied that um, the answer is spirit. So mm. it's all about being the spirit of, of something. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, you know, this was around the same time when that, when the ghost of mm. gin was yeah. brought back to life yeah, in this country. Yeah, when the ghost of gin uh, possessed a cooler and a healthier body and yeah. started to jive around all the, all the best parties. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we found so many sort of post-year 2000 references to gin in music that we thought we'd put together little playlist for you babies. Yes. Yeah. We've created a playlist called Gin. Spotify. We, we, we thought, oh, what can we call it? Yeah. It's just called Gin. We called it Gin. Yeah. And we're going to put it up on, we'll put it on our social media um, sites and we'll put it on our website as well and we'll put it in the show notes. So check it out. It's got, uh, I think, pretty much all of the songs that we mention on here mm-hmm. on it. Um, and every other Gin related song we could possibly find. Possibly find. Some of them are terrible. Oh, God, God, God awful. Yeah. But we put them on anyway. Yeah, we'll put them on anyway. You know, so give that a listen. Give that a listen. And uh, that'll take you on a little real-time tour uh, with no copyright issues yeah. of uh, gin in music in the 20th century. So enjoy that. Well done for getting around those copyrights. Thank Sarah. you. Lovely work. It's the best time of the week with... Gin of the week.
God, that was the it worst. better every time. Better. That was definitely the worst one we've ever done. <laughs> and speaking of which, I think this gin is going to be the worst one we've ever done. It does look a little bit too novelty for I'm my taste buds. I'm really but... not looking forward to this one. Unicorn tears. It's a novelty gin, isn't it? It's a gin this... liqueur. It's gin honest. liqueur. Well, the reason why it has to call it's it's not liqueur. It's gin strength, so it's forty percent volume. But it's called a liqueur because it has to be called a liqueur because they put sugar gum syrup in it. Yeah. And the other thing that's in it is glitter, pink glitter. This is this is this is as much as I'm going to get involved in in the unicorn trend. Yeah. So I I contacted. The company who produces this, which is called... Firebox, isn't it? Firebox. And they produce all kinds of things. So they're a kind of... Uh, they're not really, concentrating on, the, uh, not really no. concentrating on the gin distillation. So I contacted them and I said, look, we've, we've bought a bottle of this uh, Unicorn Tears. Can you recommend, you know, any particular tonics to drink it with, any garnishes? Uh, and we heard nothing from them. So we spoke to... Joe, our expert at yep. uh, Harvey Nichols in Leeds, who's our uh, oracle of all gin knowledge. Yep. Um, and he advised us to drink it just with a splash of soda because he said it's it's really quite sweet. Super sweet. So over ice with a splash of soda, so that's how we're going to do it It today. smells like Play-Doh. Does it? Let me yes. smell. I mean, Play-Doh is a lovely smell. but That I'd... doesn't even smell of alcohol. <laughs> it smells of Play-Doh. It does, I mean, it's a lovely smell, but it's not for gin. Right. Well, I'm really interested. I'm genuinely very interested in how this is going to look. This is another thing that's quite a trend at the moment, is like glittery things for your drinks. Oh, God, glitter's, glitter's hard enough to get rid of anyway. Imagine shitting it out. Uh, yeah. Or piss and glitter. Yeah, it just not doesn't appeal to me. No. <laughs> it doesn't appeal in any way, but let's, let's keep an open mind. Yes, you? Yeah, you know what? It looks like it's just a tacky little gift thing, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. But now they're getting bottles of it, and the bottles, they're not cheap. No, they're not so cheap. So let's have a go of glitter gin. It looked heavier than normal. It didn't just look like liquid. Thick and it looked gloopy. like thick and gloopy. That's not good, is it? So we've got quite a lot of ice in there. Yeah. Have a taste of it, neat. Open my oh, Holy shit. What? It's like a flavour-free ice pop. Oh. Of sugar. That is so sweet. That is absolutely disgusting. It's so sugary. No, but there's, there's something else to it. There's a kind of There's a chemically after it. Like, yeah, yeah, I think the, the glitters infused it with the taste of plastic. Tell you what it tastes like to me. Candy floss. I just do not like candy floss. It's just sugar. I mean, it's just sugar. Yeah, or do you know where you used to get those sweeties that were in like a hard plastic wrapper? And you, um, I can't remember what the sweets were called, but it was like a gobstopper that was set in a kind of vacuum sealed plastic container. And you'd get it out and you put it into your mouth and all you could taste was the plastic of, of the packaging. That's what that tastes like to me. Now, right. Joe at Harvey Nicks said that we should... Uh, you should also try it with a splash of Prosecco. But to be honest, we're not interested enough in this product to no, go and buy, buy a Prosecco. bottle of Prosecco. So we're just going to... Are you putting tonic in or do you want to put some soda in? I'll try, I'll try a soda and then I'll try it with tonic. Right. Because I'm not a fan of soda water, which is the problem. Just put a little splash in. Yeah, just a little splash. Yeah. Are you going to garnish it? I think... I won't garnish this. Okay. Oh, it's... <gasps> Why gild the lily? Yeah, <laughs> it's it smells so concocted. Like it smells. Yeah. There's nothing. It doesn't sm smell natural or anything. Yeah. 
Oh god, that is horrible. It, it tastes like what with the soda. It tastes like dental mouthwash. That is so. It's bad. so bad. Should we try it with some tonic? Right. I've actually it. just had to wash my mouth out with better gin. Can I, while you're pouring it? Yeah. <laughs> while you're pouring it, can I read you the description on the website? Oh, is it? What's it like? That's Brace enough. Yourself. That's enough. Okay. A mythical spirit made from the tears of humanely raised unicorns. Embody the magical power of this this fabled beast. Batch two of our bittersweet bestial booze. Now apparently batch one just didn't work. Uh, wait, what was it? That, did they put they a put silver some, like, leaf silver in? leaf in it and it kept like messing up. Wait, didn't they make like the gold leaf uh, vodka in that? Yeah. Didn't it like put little cuts in your throat or something? I don't, I'm, oh. No, I don't know. I don't think it caused like a public safety hazard. Oh no, no I think not the just... not the thing like the gold the golden schlag. I think the. the Oh, the Goldschlager, Goldschlager. yeah. Goldschlager? Goldenschlag. <laughs> Sounds like a <laughs> mythical beast. <laughs> the tears of the golden schlag. Right, can I just top this description off with yes. the last line, which is the best bit? Real unicorn tears with sublime glittery finish. Proper liars. Right, let's try it with the tonic. Bigfoot spit. <laughs> I'd rather drink Bigfoot spit, yeah, to be honest. I... I mean, it smells a lot better with the tonic, but it's just because we've used the good tonic that I would drink anyway. No, we've used the fever tree tonic for this. It tastes like flat lemonade. That is exactly what it tastes like. Flat lemonade. Guys, do not buy this drink. No, I mean, look, and see why, I'll tell you what, as a novelty, as a tiny little... No, no. No, no, as a tiny little little bottle for someone who's into unicorns to pop on the desk, not drink... This is not to be. This is not. This is not a, a drink. This is a novelty gift gone out of control. No, my friend Millie's into unicorns. True, fair enough. She doesn't drink. But if I gave her something of this caliber, she'd be like, "Get out of my face," and quite rightly so. Yes, that is. Uh, that's a. That's a two out of ten. Uh, yeah, if that. The, the think... only thing is because it's quite a cute bottle and the and the glitter looks nice. No, I don't. It does look cool. Swishing right, about, it right, looks fairly cool. Swishing about, fairly cool. But can you can you detect any juniper nah, whatsoever? Absolutely. Anything nothing. botanical? Nah, it that smells like a swimming pool toilet. Yeah, it goes against the very. Oh, definition I can't. Of no, I'm not. Gin. I'm not trying that again. And the cork is made of plastic. Goodbye. World Gin Day Gin News. Headlines today. Oxygen. Craft Gin Company launches Quaffable Gin Mist. You blend. Former Nottingham Plumbers Gin wins World Award. From salad to sozzled, Hendrix displays curious cucumber specimens for World Cucumber Day. Oxygen. Craft Gin Company launches Quaffable Gin Mist. How delicious. It sounds delightful, doesn't it? Is this a world specifically for World Gin Day? It then? certainly is. It's um, Whitley Neal. A great, a great gin. I like a Whitley Neal. It's a very good high street gin. The Quince one. That's what I say. That's my uh, that's my review of that. <laughs> They've created a gin orb, which creates breathable gin mist. Wow! It's like the future's already here, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like Nathan Barley. Yeah, because it's like those London oxygen bars where you can literally go and breathe pure oxygen mm. for a hefty fee. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously wear three-quarter length trousers and no socks. Yeah. 
The orbs will be installed this weekend for World Jindia around London. <laughs> London. Oh, no, let's forget about everywhere else. Whatever. Whitney. No, no worries, guys. No worries. We'll just uh, wonder what gin mist tastes we'll like. We'll just snort liquid, liquid I, gin up here in I, the north. I'll just boil it <laughs> and breathe it. Should just put a towel over your head. Oh, that's how I'm going to be found, isn't it, one day? <laughs> <laughs> with, with a borrowed facial sauna full of gin. Oh. Please, uh, please vape gin responsibly. Anyway, there's three flavours available of gin mist. Gist. That's what I call Gist. it. Baobab and gooseberry. What on earth is baobab? I have no idea. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. You have a look around. Baobab, it sounds like someone trying to shout for help while they're drowning. Bobo, bobo, uh, Rhubarb and ginger. Classic. And raspberry. I do like a raspberry mm. thing. Okay, so news in about baobab. It's a deciduous tree, or the fruit of a deciduous tree. You're a deciduous tree. <laughs> it has an acidic tart flavour described as somewhere between grapefruit, pear and vanilla. Oh, I'd never call you an acidic tart. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Between pear and vanilla? Mmm. What's that, gravy? <laughs> I don't understand. Yes, between pear and vanilla stands gravy. What, what, what else stands in between them two? Pear, apple, apple sauce... Gravy. gravy, mint sauce, lamb, baobab. There you go. <laughs> that is the taste wheel. <laughs> I, uh, gin fact. Gin fact. Gin fact. So, Whitney Neal brand manager, Adam Joju, the orbs create a way for people to try the different flavours in its purest form with an intense cloud of floating, inhalable mist. Wow. That is definitely the way people are supposed to try it. Do you know what, though? I reckon that if you inhaled alcoholic vapour, it's likely to hit your bloodstream a heck of a lot quicker I suppose than you, if you it, ingest it. Like, up, your, up, your, up your nose and everything, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, straight into the bloodstream. Yeah, in your tear duct. <gasps> Who inhales through their tear duct? No, you don't have to inhale, but it might get in there. <laughs> you never know. Oh, God, you're always questioning us. Next World Gin Day, a gin eye bath. Yeah. <laughs> Soak your eyeballs in gin and get it right up your tear duct. Why not? There's weirder ways to take alcohol. Right. I think it sounds great. Where can we find these these uh, orbs? Okay, well, if you're in that there, London, head down to the Grafton, the London Cocktail Club, or Jerusalem Bar and Kitchen between 5 and 10pm on Saturday to give it a go. Yeah. We'll be there in spirit. Well, one, because last time I was down, I paid two forty nine for a bottle of Schweppes tonic. Did, not yeah. even, not even angry. I am angry. Right. What's next? You blend former Nottingham plumbers gin wins world award. Wow. Get out of town. Wayne Asher, a former plumber from Nottingham, has won the Oscars of the spirit world. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> Overalls. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? Yeah, bro. It's messy. <laughs> It's made in a still, which he created himself, which goes by the affectionate name Jenny. Ah, oh. I love you, Jenny. It's a forest gump there. Asher won double gold at the 2018 San Francisco World Spirits Competition for his London Dry Gin. He said, get this for a quote, it's incredible, it's almost unbelievable, it doesn't get better than that. Aww. That's lovely, isn't that's it? That's nice. And that's the company Redsmiths Distillery is the only distillery in Nottingham. Ooh. Oh, so they do the Nottingham gin. Yes. I've never tried that, but I've often wanted to try it. I've wanted to try all the gins. Well, good on him. Yeah, good lad. Once a plumber. Yeah. 
Made his own still. Made his own still. And now he's won a... Do- I bet that's lovely. Well, um, we'll have to try and get hold of some. From salad to sozzled, Hendrix displays curious cucumber specimens for World Cucumber Day. The world's favourite cucumber-infused gin maker Hendrix, classic, love a bit of Hendrix, mm. is creating displays of curious cucumbers in airports around the world, starting in Dubai. Have you seen a few curious cucumbers in your time? I have. Yeah. It's my favourite uh, vegetable for hilariously holding between my legs and going, because I'm very mature. <laughs> and if anyone finds this distasteful, I challenge you to have not done that in your life. <laughs> Go listen to some George Formby and get educated. Yeah, right. My little stick of Blackpool Rock and a huge cucumber. Can you imagine George Formby on World Cucumber Day? He'd, be, he'd, he'd literally <laughs> have... His, his heart had exploded. In you end Tell him I had a massive one. What? Heart attack. <laughs> oh, what do you mean, George? <laughs> oh, he's dead. Uh, starting at Dubai Airport. This is where they're going to have these uh, displays. They display fascinating specimens in jars. Mm. There you go. Highlights include the tallest cucumber. Oh. In homage to Dubai's world-famous skyscrapers. Yep, they've nice, got the biggest one over nice there, haven't they? Yeah. And also travellers can see the world's most adored cucumber. I'm not sure what that could even mean. The invisible cucumber. I've got fucking loads of them. <laughs> and the sea cucumber. Wait, the sea cucumber's an animal? Yep. I don't know what they're doing. That'll probably be in a glass tank or something. Oh. It's not really a fascinating not a cucumber. creature. Not even a fascinating creature to watch, really, is it? Well, I guess it just—it's an animal that just looks like a cucumber. I guess that in itself is mildly interesting for a minute. Yeah, but it'd just be sat there. It's not like to swim about. No. So World Cucumber Day is fourteenth of June. So poof, tell you what, I'm going to get me going to get me cucumber hat ready. Yeah, me cucumber me cucumber t-shirt. Get off to Dubai. Yeah, off to Dubai to see tall cucumbers. <laughs> Can't wait to join in that. So yeah. we'd like to know what you're doing for World Gin Day. Yes, please do let us know uh, via Twitter. Yeah. Instagram. Facebook. Homing pigeon. Yeah. Telekinesis. Tell us what. Tell us what you're doing because um, we are. We're gonna. We're gonna do a bit of a, a crawl around the bars in Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but apparently, there's stuff happening. All over the UK. Really want to be in London. There's a June at Belooza. It's happening in London. I know, yeah. Desperate to do that. Next year. Next year. Next year. Pinky promise. Yeah. Okay. So that is the end of Gin News. We're going to stick to our theme of everything related to gin. And uh, it's not just drinks, is it? No. Gin's got a whole host of things. We've talked about uh, vape flavours. Yes. We've talked about bath salts. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to talk about perfume. Le parfum de gin et tonique. Oui, c'est ça. That is definitely how you say it. So what is this perfume called? This perfume is called Juniper Sling. Juniper Sling. Sounds like a tasty cocktail. Yeah. And uh, it's by Ben Halligan's. Now... Being by Penhaligans, a premium brand, it costs an insane £100 for a bottle of £100 this a bottle? Yeah. So obviously if you put it on, it does sexual favours for you. I yes. guess so. It's gonna have We're going to find out. It? It's going to have to How be... much panda is in it? Or unicorn, yeah. I'm mm. sure there are... Uh, yeah. There's got to be. There's got to be something. Melted down hen's teeth? Something <laughs> along there? But yeah, it better be good. Um, so... 
Shall I read you the blurb for this for this Penhaligon's Juniper Sling perfume? Is it wanky? Yes. <laughs> well, read it out. Now I will enjoy this. I've been a marketing copywriter for many years now, and I've had to write some, some you know, some slightly, some shall we say, cheesy copy in the past. But um, this is a certain a, a whole new league of uh, marketing speak going on here. Are you ready for this, Matthew? Born ready. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think I am ready, am I? Am I going <laughs> to cringe? I mean, toenail's going to disappear yeah. into my toes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Nothing brings jubilance and joy to the senses quite like gin. And now a cocktail, or sling, a tribute to Les Anifol, the exuberant 1920s that roared, that is one part crisp, evening elegance, and one part playfully effervescent. One part crisp? Cheese and onions? <laughs> Yeah, to me the only thing that's one part crisp is a, is a nice crisp sandwich yeah, on Warburton's. No, one part, well, I'll tell you what I want to smell of, what, salt and vinegar? One part crisp, seven parts butter. <laughs> um, it continues. The perfume is made with gin berry juniper freshness. Now, gin, there's no such thing berry. as gin berry, is there? Juniper, no. Oh, is that gin berry it's juniper? Just, it's just juniper. Freshness, a London herbal blend. It first teases with aromatic angelica, root and seed. The heart next races to the vitality of cinnamon, pepper and cardamom. I'll tell you what makes my heart race. <laughs> pepper and cardamom. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what makes my heart race. Handing over a hundred quid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to smell like this for a hundred pounds. No, not me heart. Me heart would be... <laughs> It continues, Oris creates a smooth melody of softer cherry woods, notes of leather, brandy, a licorice. Now, it's not spelled licorice, this is licorice, L-I-Q-O-R-U-S. They all sound like Egyptian gods. Yeah. Oris, <laughs> yeah. licorice. Osiris, yeah. Uh, vigorous bass, hit the spot. Vigorous bass. <laughs> Sounds like a nightclub. Let's get ready for some vigorous bass. <laughs> 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 Brown sugar wrapped in amber lingers. Amber lingers? Yeah. They just misspelled fingers I think they've been reading read too much T.S. Eliot. A souvenir of warm, intimate moments, intoxicating in the very best way. I've got of... stains on the bed that are, <laughs> that are reminders of intimate <laughs> moments. <laughs> intoxicating in the very best way. A drink for all seasons. Oh, you can drink it. A dr- oh, you can drink this perfume. A hundred quid? You want to be able to drink it? A complex cocktail of paradise. Apply liberally. Apply liberally? Falls off, it's a hundred quid. You can get two drops a day, that's lasting. Right, okay. So what I've done for us to try this perfume is I've got it, I've got a little um, little pestle and mortar with some, some actual juniper You've got a sample in. there? That, got... that is one of those samples you get given free at things if you buy stuff at like a perfume counter. Well, I ordered it online. It cost me uh, it cost me five pounds postage. Five pounds postage for what is? Let's be honest, four squirts. Yeah, and it was quite funny because on Penhaligons you can get to, in order to get a sample you have to go through a uh, fragrance profiling questionnaire so i but i'd seen that there was this juniper sling and i wanted to get a sample of it but i had to i had to meet the right profiling in order to be able to get this so i had to go through this questionnaire about seven times in order to get the result we recommend juniper sling give us five pounds and we'll post it to you so um i managed to do it and um so and in order to compare i've got yeah these actual juniper berries sounds now, like something off uh, like you know the 
like, oh yeah, yeah, we're a restaurant, yeah, but you've got to like uh, give us your blood sugar levels and yeah. tell you what, what you, it, what's great for was, you. It was, it was like that. Oh, so, God. so right, in order to, to sort of get the palate ready, here are some ground juniper berries. Oh, and the smell that's coming out of this bowl is just absolutely Are you grinding delightful. them now? Yeah. You decide to grind them live How's, rather than well, to, <laughs> have them ground. So the flavour is, the, the aroma is freshly. Oh, God, it's just gin, that, that's so good. So good. Oh, Ah, oh, it's delicious. Juniper so, is a lovely smell. They look like uh, look like rabbit shit, doesn't it? It looks like rabbit shit, but it oh. smells divine. So that's the actual juniper berries. Nom, nom, nom. Right. Nom, nom, nom. Are you ready for this perfume? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Don't do that again. I took the top, tried to take the top off it earlier. Yes, uh, this is how classy we are. It's a little squirty <laughs> sample, and uh, Sarah was confused when she was trying to take the top off and ripped the top <laughs> off the uh, diffuser. I haven't thinking done that again, it was so. a lid. Okay, I'm spraying. Better be good. That'll do. Eight million pounds you just put on your wrist there. Hang on. Just air it a bit. Oh. Give me your wrist. God. That is absolutely divine, like. That is, after all the slagging off. I wasn't slagging it off. It's the, it's the, it's the cost and the, uh. The cost, the marketing speak and the profiling experience were a little wary. Do you know what my marketing would be for that? How man give it a sniff. (laughs) And that would do. That is, that is beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Divine, and go back to the juniper berries. Definitely getting amber fingers. <laughs> Smell the juniper. Yeah. Right. Aye. Smell the perfume. That it way. is juniper. Yeah, it is juniper. That is absolutely. So I tell you divine. what, right, for your birthday, let's hold some uh, juniper in, <laughs> in some water. Bit of leather in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find some amber fingers. I'll pop them in, and uh, we've got you a lovely perfume. Yeah. Well, if you're a millionaire... And I'll only charge you uh, 30 quid. <laughs> yeah. If you're a millionaire, go and buy this perfume because it is it's one of the nicest perfumes I've ever smelt in my entire life. Yep, but that is an absolute divine smell. So that's Juniper Sling by Penhaligon's Review. Um, 10 out of 10. Penhaligon's Juniper Sling. Here, man, give it a sniff. That was an exciting episode. That was fun. Um, hope you enjoyed it. I smell of junipers. And I will never, ever, ever drink unicorn tears again. Mother's Room Podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Dunley. Theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Kotsier.